Welcome back, everybody. This is the Healing the Heart to Heart Connection podcast, and I am Holly, your moderator, here once again with Tracy Turner Kaiser, a licensed clinical mental health counselor uh, out of based out of North Carolina, uh, but actually does virtual work all over. So uh, she's she's a little bit of everywhere. Tracy, thanks so much for being on today. We've got a really interesting uh, topic. You know, we're diving a little bit deeper into beyond the virus, right. which we've been talking about. So got a parent, you know, says kids been throwing fits having really rapid mood swings. They're up, they're down, they're crying, they're happy. Um, it's getting worse the longer they're home. Mm-hmm. Parent doesn't know what to do, needs resources. Staying home is just not an option anymore. They've been right. home, you yep. know, so kind of they're, they're, they're done with isolation. It, basically, parent says, my tank is emptying faster than I can fill it. So I want you to kind of dive in on where we're at now. Last time we talked about being really defensive. Let's kind of talk about where we're at with this type of scenario. Yeah, really good questions. And I, I you know, I, I think my parents are really talking about like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're into week five or six here and we're kind of done with this. And I think, you know, everybody's feeling that. Even the country's feeling like we're done with it. And yes. yet we got a little ways to go, guys. We got, mm-hmm. you know, you hang in there. It's kind of like you're kind of like almost to the top and you got to just kind of keep breathing and expanding as we had talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do we engage in a conversation, not a power struggle, right? And how do we meet our child's needs while they're throwing fits and like rapidly unraveling and we're unraveling as well as parents, mm-hmm. right? Because we're tired. Um, we're a little bored out of our minds. We can't go out to eat. We can't go out to the movies. We can't go to the parks. You know, There's so many nothing things. to break it up. You, right. You're yeah. working from home. They're schooling from home. They're, yeah. you know, and then, you know, home ha- is the place for everything right now. Right. There's yeah. no separation. Yeah. So I think that's a really good question. How do, how do we, what are the resources for that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only resource that's a kind of trite, but the only resource that I really have that that's always within our back pocket is to take deep breath, mm. right? Find that expansive space in between every breath we take in, every breath we let out and all that lies in between to buy in that in-between space to find that expansiveness and to recognize that we need to set ourselves up and our kids up for success. And if sometimes that means that you have to kind of give them what they're asking for or what they're throwing a fit about, doesn't mean that you're condoning their behavior. It just means that you're attuning to where they're at and you're acknowledging it, right? It's like, I can see you are having a major meltdown here. Um, And we want to distract them in a way that sets them up for success. And so, and then we have to recognize that we might be a little tired and exhausted and, and of only seeing our kids. And they might be a little tired and exhausted of only seeing your face as well. But how do we begin to redefine that and develop some fun um, and um, excitement in that. Sure. And that's, and that's, so I really say, I really, you know, I think we had talked about a little bit, Holly, about just how trauma, ch- early childhood, adverse childhood events mm-hmm. create and rewire our nervous system very differently than those who don't experience the, the adverse childhood traumas. That's such an important thing to realize in this situation. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's, it's, it's not just an attitude that they've got. It's, it is literally their nervous system. It, it, it's how it's going to respond. So, so talk a little bit then about 
um, how you work with that and, right. and move through that. Cause I know that's what your parents are. I, I don't want to say battling, but experiencing for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, I think I'm pretty sure that they feel like they're battling it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> they're struggling with it and it's there. So, you know, we talked last week about how it's so wonderful and beautiful to have this time where less is more and you have this time to really connect with your kid. And now that we've, now we're kind of moving into kind of like this deep level of boredom and, mm -hmm kind of feeling confined and like you're in, you're in quarantine, right? So you really literally are on a lot of levels. What happens for a kid's nervous system um, many times is that because there's less distraction, mm -hmm. there's more time for that wiring in their nervous system to get activated. And if they only feel alive when they're reliving their trauma and they feel connected when they're reliving their trauma, and their trauma is wilder in their nervous system. So they're going to do everything in our power and their power to, to get you in a power struggle. Because if they can engage the parent in a power struggle and get that endorphin adrenaline rush of being in chaos, then they're going to feel alive. They're going to feel like they've accomplished something. And as parents, that can be exhausting. Right. And right. you're like, and now my tank is emptying faster than it's getting filled up. Which so, is which is really from a parent's side, it, it's it's really a defeating thing that's happening, and, and it you is. just feel like, gosh, I need a break, I need a yep. win. So, so how do you what do you do to diffuse that to to turn it into a conversation yeah, rather than question. that power struggle? Mm -hmm. So one thing is to be able is basically to acknowledge it. So you, so you say to a kid, I see you're having a major fit here. You know, you're still my kid, I'm still your mom, I'm still your dad, I still love you. And we want to distract them. So I say to parents, imagine if that child were this uh, colicky uh, kid, infant that's got like chicken pox and they're colicky and they're just, you know, they've got a diaper rash and they're just miserable, right? And mm -hmm. they're just like crying and screaming and there's no way you can find comfort for them. We would have some sympathy. We might want to throw them out with the bathwater, but there's a <laughs> level of understanding that this kid really doesn't have any control over this and they're really miserable. So mm -hmm. no matter what age they are, the trauma that rewired their nervous system to be that irritated and that agitated happened to them when they're very, very young, a lot of times, because mm -hmm. we're talking about infant, you know, three and younger trauma. Sure. So we have to just kind of see if we can take a deep breath as parents and kind of go, okay, what would I do if this were an infant having a major meltdown? A lot of times we would meet them where they're at. We would pick them up. We would rock them. We would coo to them. We would try to distract them. Hey, look, let's look out the window and take a look at this. Or mm -hmm. we would try to meet their needs. So how do we do that with a nine-year-old, 12-year-old, 16-year-old, whatever age the kid might be? Um, and I say, a lot of times I said to one parent, I said, you know, they're having a major fit and you just, you're, you're, you, now when a kid has a major fit, it activates our nervous system as well, right? True. So now we get agitated as parents. And if we have any trauma, it gets also activated. And so now it's like, now we're in a power struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of feeling out of control. The parent is feeling out of control. So it's a matter of like, okay, we've got to find someone in the room has got to be the parent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, and uh, so you have to take a deep breath. And it, this is really why I think it's great when, uh, you know, it's like puppy training 101. You have a pocket full of like doggy treats and you have, right. they don't want to give your dog, your kid doggy treats per se, but you're going to have like little pieces of like Tootsie Rolls mm -hmm. um, because we want something that's chewy, 
that's milk oriented, that's sweet, that, re, that is going to remind their brain of mom's breast milk, which is super sweet and it's all, it's a milk product. Um, so, you know, half a Tootsie Roll, we're talking about small amount, or half a caramel or whatever. And we're going to just pop it into their mouth, make sure you, they're not going to suck it in and choke on it. Um, but you're just going to say, oh, you, are you doing a great job? Let me know you need a little bit of mom's love. Not a problem right here for you. And we distract them. We want to get their brain to come into the present moment because they're off in their trauma world having this major fit. And we want to bring them into the present moment so that they can look us in the eyes and attune and meet us where we're at. And we can meet them where they're at. So I say, you know, touch, eye contact, um, a spoonful of ice cream, a Tootsie Roll, um, a piece of caramel, a stroke of the cheek from the, with the back of your hand, gentleness, firm gentleness, being able to kind of say, hey, I'm right here, take a deep breath, We're gonna, I'm going to meet you where you're at. Now, that sounds good. A lot of times the kid's going to keep throwing a fit, and you just have to witness it. Just kind of like give them space. Like, I'm right here. When you get done with your fit, let me know. All right. And if the child is small enough and you're not agitated yourself, sometimes swaddling them, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not talking about restraining or containing. I'm talking about just swallowing them so that they can actually be held and you can rock them. Mm -hmm. If your child will let this, this is not a power struggle. This is just a simple, hey, come crawl up, crawl up in my lap and let me rock with you. Um, you just come back, meet them where they're at, find that space, attune to them, acknowledge their feeling. Their nervous system calms down. Let it calm down. Let them have some fun. And then afterwards, you can bring them back to, hey, remember when you had that fit? Let's continue to pick up the blocks. Let's continue to do your homework or whatever it might be. Because clearly when they're in the middle of the meltdown, you're not going to get anything accomplished. No. That's so, true for anybody. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, well, you know, what's interesting, I love, you know, talking about the breath and, and uh, you hear often um, that the breath is really taking a deep breath is, it, or when you sigh, it's a literal reset. And mm -hmm. so I, I think as an adult, really employing that strategy for yourself to go, <sighs> okay. And then, and then, you know, it reset, I'm going to be present in this moment and we're going to handle it, um, yeah. you know, with, with firm compassion is, is really important. So um, I, I love that you're really bringing them back into the present moment. Um, as a parent, when, what are some things that you can do when you're not in the middle of the meltdown to kind of keep your tank full? Right, oh, knowing that it's it's gonna probably happen, mm -hmm. uh, you know what what can you do as a parent to keep that tank full so that you have as much gas as, as you need when the time comes? Right. Yeah. So when we look at the bigger picture and we look at that school, in my mind, I'm sorry, school is just not that important. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, because a person can get educated at any point in their life. We have windows of opportunity to have this family bond and connection and attachment work. Uh, and it gets harder as the kids get older because they're developmentally going to be moving into um, uh, differentiation and finding their own sense of self and coming into their own independence. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say, hey, they get schoolwork done. Great. Right. It's, you know, they're what we're wanting, teaching them is teaching them how to be 
socially appropriate, fun to be around, respectful, responsible, fun to be around kids. So don't get so hung up and sometimes too much screen time. You know, I like I'm on the computer with my clients six or five, five, anywhere from five to eight hours, if not nine hours a day. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's a lot of times screen time. I'm mm -hmm. not sleeping well bec with, because of that. Um, I am a little agitated myself. So I can imagine if I were a child with my nervous system wired for trauma, that is a lot of blue light activation that's just mm -hmm. keeping me wired. Mm -hmm. Less screen time, more outdoor time, or just, you know, like, you know, hopefully everybody is able to at least step outside their door and be able to get a little sunlight. Um, you know, if you're living in an apartment, that can be really hard sometimes. Uh, so kind of like what we do to keep our tank filled up is a really good question. And it is a matter of kind of recognizing in the bigger picture, I want to have a successful relationship with my kid. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun with them. So you want to ask yourself at this given moment, what would bring me, the mom, the dad, the most joy and go from there, right? It's like self-care, self-care, self-care. Hmm. So, and to kind of think about maybe it's just, reading a book together maybe it's doing a jigsaw puzzle maybe it's just um you know talking nonsensical stuff for the kid hey look at that the grass is green what if that color were purple what do you think about that creating a sense of imagination creativity um is really helpful a lot of times kids we as kids kids these days have a limited amount of imagination and creativity because they're being fed a lot of information via the internet and they have immediate resources and immediate gratification by being able to look it up on google really quickly which is great i don't i i think that's fabulous and what if you couldn't and you had to imagine and come up with your own creative solution mm -hmm. um so you know these are all easier said than done. So it's a matter of having patience and being kind to yourself and recognizing, yeah, Trace, that sounds good. That's not going to work really well in my household. And I recognize that. Uh, so it's, it is kind of really taking the moment to just kind of go, what does my tank need right now? Mm -hmm. What do I need? And how do I in invite my child to join me with that um, and have, some fun uh, in that interaction um, are, and not worry are, so yeah. much about, you know, guess what? The laundry will be there tomorrow as will the schoolwork and the homework. And at this point we're like almost at the end of April, school gets done mid June. These kids are not going to fail at this point if they haven't been failing already. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen several things actually from teachers that, you know, they say, don't worry if your child doesn't get the math assignment or, you know, because they'll fix it in the fall. That, that, mm -hmm. That's their job. They want you to focus on your job of keeping them, raising them as good people. If you work on that, the math, the science, the, you know, history, that will all work out. Mm -hmm. um, and you're so right. There's, you know, so many, so many opportunities for education but much fewer opportunities to, you know, fix the trauma, to connect with, with your children. And, and um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't take advantage of that, then it does cause some problems down the road. Yeah. 
And I think with, you know, with the, with knowing that a child's um, adverse childhood trauma rewires the nervous system, this is a wonderful opportunity when we're not doing as many activities to be able to reorganize that, untangle it. Um, I always encourage parents to think about um, like looking back on photos. So take going through the photo album and sort of saying, so if let's just say if the kid was 14, I want to, I want to, as a parent, I might say to the kid, so how does your 14 year old self, what would your 14 year old self say to your two year old self when you think about what happened to you when you were two, mm-hmm. right? So you begin to create this narrative trauma story of reorganizing their story. So they actually get an opportunity to reflect on, wow, when I was two and I was, you know, neglected and abused and like left in a car, right? What would, if I knew that I, if I could look forward and kind of see my 14 year old, what would my 14 year old tell me now? Mm-hmm. Right. So there is a level of being able to use the imagination and creativity and really help a child reorganize that, that nerve, that traumatic nervous system so that you can take these oppositional moments as a teachable moment. So when they're opposition, being their oppositional is kind of like, wow, it's a really interesting way to be doing things. Mm-hmm. Right. So we genuinely authentically say, I am really curious. That's a really interesting way that you're, that you're handling this. Tell me what's going on, right? They can do podcasts. They can do um, recordings. They can do collages. They can do um, a timeline, any way, any creative way that they can begin. Cause kids like to talk about themselves and they want to know their story mm-hmm. and they have their own story. And it may not be the actual reality of what took place, but in their mind it is. Right. So it's always good for me to kind of know, well, what is your story? And I, when I do the narrative therapy work, a lot of parents will say, well, that's not what really happened. I said, that's okay. We'll get to that reality. But right now I want to hear what the kid, what, they, what their story is, because that's the program that they're operating off of. Right. right? right. So it was this huge, like, you know, it's like this huge thing that happened to me. And when the reality could just have been not so huge or even bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, so I think that this is a great opportunity to, um, and, uh, like kind of get the kids creativity and imagination working, but in a way that's therapeutically goal oriented to help them rewire that trauma that's um, as possibilities. Really, really good, good direction for parents. Cause you're right. We're, we're here. We are, we're five, five and a half weeks in, um, you know, we might be opening up soon. We might not. It's different everywhere. Right. Um, you know, and, and uh, there's still these unknown things. We're, right. we're certainly not out of the woods yet uh, from a virus perspective. Right. And, and so how do we continue to, uh, one, keep sane uh, in, in a quarantine situation? And, and two, um, continue to parent effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that's that's really important to um, to do now you talked about self-care and, and I think that's really one of the the last things I want to touch on today um, you know would you agree that right now um, normal self-care rules don't apply that you really kind of have to step up your game yeah probably yep right and uh, and so um, 
sometimes that can be hard to do, right? What is that like? What does that look like? Step up your game for a self care, right? Um, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I think some of it is being creative. I mean, uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about this. I've I've done some some very different things um, on my own for yeah. from a self care perspective. That you know, it's it's not about going and getting a pedicure. Um, right. Sometimes it's taking a moment. Um, you know, 15 minutes where I just put on my, my headphones and, and listen to uh, a piece of music that, you know, I really love uh, movie scores, you know, and and so uh, just to to sit and listen to my favorite score and, and it's, it's just my private moment because nobody else can hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I think finding those pockets are, are super important. Yeah, I think so too. I think I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's a matter of like allowing the parent us as the adults, as ourselves as adults is to allow ourselves to go back to that childlike wonderment mm-hmm. and to join our child in that childlike wonderment. It's like, this is a wonderful opportunity to kind of go, hmm, what is my kid doing? And how do I put that in? How do I reconstruct that in a positive way where I too can get some relief from this? It's like, okay, let's stomp our feet together and yell and scream and let's go splash in the mud or, um, you know, let's, you know, let's go ahead and like tear this newspaper up. And now, and then, so there's a level of being able to join and attune with our child's where they're at emotionally mm-hmm. um, and take those oppositional moments to kind of go with it and then redirect it, right? It's like, oh, okay, you're banging on the wall. Hey, come on over here and bang on the pillow. Let's bang. And now we're kind of like, now we move into stomping now we move into pushing up against each other now we look into eye contact now we look into taking a deep breath together now let's go get some ice cream together or let's time for lunch or you know story time or whatever it might be we take these opportunities i know these are really hard things to do throughout the day when the parents are also working right and they have to be there so now they're they're needing to work and their kid is kind of done with school and they're kind of going berserk so that becomes a trickier dynamic. Um, and how do, how do we as parents put the boundaries on, you know what, maybe I only, maybe work, my work schedule is a little bit different and maybe work, hopefully work could be a little bit more forgiving and kind of going, you too need to get off the computer every hour and a half and take a 20 minute break. Yes. To just reset, right. So that you can keep saying, um, so, because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, like, well, we got to do this and got to do this thing. I was just like, you know what? If you were literally in the office, you probably would take that break. You'd probably go to the bathroom. You probably mm-hmm. might like talk to your coworker or you might go into a meeting and, you know, grab a cup of coffee on your way. So there's different ways of being able to like take those moments where you can connect because it's not about the amount of time. It's about the quality of helping reset our kid and ourselves into the present moment to reconnect take a deep breath, attune, acknowledge, reset, and move forward, right? Right. Um, I've been, yeah. I've been telling a lot of folks lately, I've been working at home for 12, 13 years now. And so, you know, I, I am hearing a lot of people working from home going, I don't know how you do it. And so really giving them, you know, some perspective. I love what you just said about it's quality, not quantity. Um, you know, I, I can do a lot of things in two hours. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I've, I've learned over time that, uh, you know, work at home is not linear time. 
You know, right. when you work in an office, you clock in at nine, you go to lunch from 12 to, to one, uh, and then you clock out at five. That's, you know, kind of, you're used to that working, marking time in that very right. linear fashion. But at home, it's much more fluid and much mm-hmm. more, um, definitely not linear. So you might work from eight to eight thirty, and then go and, and be teacher dad or teacher mom mm-hmm. from eight thirty to nine fifteen, and then then you work and and then you go and 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 sit and listen to some music so there's you you really have to be um flexible right with, right with working from home <laughs> So that you can get all the things done because you can, but, but realizing that you don't need eight hours to do what you did in an office. Right. Right. So it's being able to have the fluidity, right. To be able to have the flexibility and fluidity. Um, So if we can imagine just kind of recognizing how do we have fluidity and flexibility and find that moments of joy um, in between every breath we take in and every breath we let out, I think might help to just fill your tank up a little bit faster than it's emptying mm-hmm. and find allow and, and to model for your child how to maintain that sense of calmness despite being you know quarantined and, and contained uh so good luck that's with beautiful. that right yeah, yeah that's beautiful so <laughs> you know i think that's that's really a good place to to close this week um you know everybody find try to find your pockets of joy uh in between all of the 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 chaos of of corona that we have going on and and you know if you just make an effort for that i think that you'll you'll feel a lot less stress um again this has been uh healing the heart to heart connection with tracy turner kaiser from full circle family counseling you can read more about tracy at fullcirclefamilycounseling.com and find out what uh, she's up to. And and if you want to engage with her on a one-on-one basis and and get some more personal tools, I know she'd welcome that. But uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Uh, And if you have any specific topics, be sure to write us at rad at fullcirclefamilycounseling.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you.